We're going to get into the message in just a second. I did want to just mention for those that are our youth and our uh, kids that weren't here on uh, Wednesday night, uh, Tanya threw a great uh, party for our kids, a Valentine's party, and there are the gift bags out there that have all kinds of candy and stuff in them. If uh, you're one of our kids or our youth and you weren't here Wednesday night, on the table out in the hallway, feel free to grab that. Uh, there's a bag with your name on it. Uh, grab that as you leave and uh, you can enjoy all the stuff. I appreciate everybody. A lot of people brought stuff in for that and I, I appreciate that. Um, the, the bulletin says we're going to preach out of John 14. I think I need to change the message to do not steal uh, for Kelly this morning. Uh, but I'll preach that next week. Let's go ahead and go with John 14. If you have your Bibles, turn to John 14. If you're visiting with us, there's a pew Bible on the rack in front of you. You can use that. John 14, and we're going to read verses 15 through 18. John chapter 14, reading, uh, starting in verse 15. We're starting a series this morning about the Holy Spirit, and uh, we're talking about the mystery of the Holy Spirit because a lot of folks really don't understand what the Holy Spirit does, uh, who He is, and how He factors into our spiritual growth. And so hopefully, over the next several weeks, we're, we're going to unpack that and, and help it to be something that uh, everybody understands a, a little bit better. And so, uh, John 14, in, uh, I'm starting in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I do not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is the word of the Lord. Um, there's a, a language over uh, in the, um, near the equator in Africa called Kere. And when, they were, when some of the Bible translators uh, were, some of the missionaries were first there trying to translate um, the New Testament over into uh, the Kere language, uh, it, it, was a, it was a difficult translation uh, on a lot of different issues. And one in particular they had trouble with was a word that we're going to look at today, uh, paraclete, uh, that's in a few places here in, in the Gospel of John that is a word that refers to the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a word that can be translated comforter, advocate, helper. Um, they were trying to find a word that would, um, that would fit that. And one day they were watching, there were a group of, of servants that were traveling with uh, some different items, and they had the items up on their shoulders, and they were traveling along. They were going to go a fairly long distance. And, and the, the missionary noticed that there was one person among that group who did not have a, a, a load on them. And he was asking somebody else, and he kind of presumed, okay, so is that person the boss? You know, everybody else is carrying a load, and that person didn't have a load, so are they the boss? And he said, no. He said, that's the person that walks with them, and because it's a long journey, Whenever there's a point where one of the people can't go on anymore and, and kind of, uh, not necessarily collapses, but kind of gets weighed down under the weight, he's the one that comes beside them and picks that up and he carries the weight for them. The, the word was the one who falls down beside. When the person kind of falls down under the weight, this one person was the one who came beside and lifted that burden with them. And the missionary was like, there's our word for the advocate. There's our word for the comforter. There's our word for the paraclete, for the Holy Spirit. In the passage that we're looking at this morning, um, we're going to look at this word. If you have a sermon outline, we're going to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. 
Now, the word that is, is used here, as I said a moment ago, it can be translated uh, advocate, helper, comforter. I'm going to concentrate on the aspect of it that's the comforter this morning. And, and let me just say, as we begin, um, and I don't know where everybody else is at, you may be going like full bore, everything's great in your life, your spiritual life's on fire, everything is going wonderful. For most of us this morning, um, especially uh, over the last two years that we've had, there are a lot of us struggling. There are a lot of us going through times of difficulty. There are a lot of us in our job where, you know, things still aren't going the way that you want them to, where families are still dealing with a lot of the issues, not only everyday issues, but things related to what we've been going through for the last few years. A lot of people with mental health issues related to both the last couple of years and just in general. Um, there's a lot of people struggling all around us. And one of the things that we need to understand, one of the beauties of being a Christian, I said at the beginning of the service is, you know, as we gather together, one of the beauties of being a Christian is that we have a church family to support us. We, we have a church family that, that is there to be able to lift, lift us up. And, and that's something that we need to be thankful for. Are, are you thankful this morning for your church family? We need to be thankful for each other and the fact that we can lift each other up and know that we're not by ourselves. But another aspect of it, and that's what I want to dig down on today, is that God has given us a comforter. God has given us an advocate, a helper. And for all of us who aren't killing it in all aspects of our lives and everything's going great, for all of us this morning, that if I were to say, you know, spiritually speaking, as you look at your life, could you use a little help? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I think almost all of us would go, I need some help. I need some help. Isn't it good to know this morning that God has given us a helper? God has given us a, an advocate, a, a, a comfort to be able to lift us up when we are down, when we fall down. And so this morning I want to talk, in, this, in the Gospel of John, in the next couple chapters here, there are four places, these are the only four places where this particular term, paraclete, as you go back to the Greek word, the word is paraclete. It, 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 there's only four places it appears in the New Testament, and they're all right here together. And as we look through these verses today, we're going to understand, okay, if, if the Holy Spirit is my comforter, if he's my helper, if he's my advocate, what specifically, how specifically does he do that? Like in what areas? And there are these four areas where we have uh, John writing and saying, uh, quoting Jesus, as Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will help you here. The Holy Spirit will be comfort to you here. The Holy Spirit will help you here. The Holy Spirit will be a comfort to you here. And let's see what exactly the Holy Spirit has said that he's going, look, Jesus has said the Holy Spirit will do for us. And hopefully within that, it'll be a comfort and an encouragement to us as we face the difficulties of life. So we're going to start here in the verse, verses we just read a moment ago. So what does it look like that the Holy Spirit is our comforter? Number one, the Holy Spirit comforts us because he's a guarantee that God won't abandon us. He's a guarantee that God won't abandon us. Um, probably everybody remembers at least pieces of the story of Helen Keller, um, the, 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 the person who uh, Ann Sullivan came and, and, you know, she was first, uh, Helen was first thought uh, because of her disabilities to not be able to, to really accomplish much in life. And through the, the help of, of Ann Sullivan, um, literally like tracing letters in, her, in, in, in Helen's hand to be able to learn and to be able to grow and, and, and to be able to be educated, uh, ended up allowing Helen to go far beyond what anybody thought. The two of them, uh, Anne was, I think, six, or Helen was, I think, six, when Anne, who was 19, came and started to help her 
working through those disabilities. They ended up uh, being together and, and, um, and helped Helen for 50 years. And toward the end of that time, there's a quote. I, I want to get it right, so let me, let me quote it. Um, toward the end of that time, Helen said this. My teacher, speaking of Anne, my teacher is so near to me that I can scarcely think of myself apart from her. I feel that her being is inseparable from my own and that the footsteps of my life are in hers. All the best of me belongs to her. Not, there is not a talent or an inspiration or a joy that is in me that has not been awakened by her presence in my life. That's a pretty good picture of the Holy Spirit. That, that as we are with him, you know, they were together for 50 years, that as we have him with, that it's supposed to be something where the Holy Spirit is a part of our daily lives, and we, we get to the point where we, we can't even imagine our life without him. Look at this passage. So in verse 16, this is Jesus speaking here. This is uh, to set the context in John. This is kind of his last, th these several chapters, his last grand sermon, his last big speech before we're going to get into the stuff that leads to the crucifixion. And in, in John 14, 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, here's the word, advocate. And so that's the word paraclete. It can mean advocate, it can mean comforter, it can mean helper. All those, the Greek word includes all those. It's a very uh, wide word. And, I, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you how long? Let me, let's say it again. Another advocate to help you and be with you how long? Forever. That's really important. Let's come back to it. The Spirit of Truth. We'll talk more about that in a second. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. That goes back to what we were talking about with, uh, with uh, Helen Keller and Ann Sullivan a second ago. You know, it's not something where, like my Bible, I can go and refer to it and it's on the shelf. The Holy Spirit is within me from the moment of salvation. I have the Holy Spirit within me and He's walking with me and guiding me and directing me and helping me every moment. And so He's going to be with me. Here, here, here's the other important part for what we're talking about right now. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We live in a world where so often um, there are people that are loyal to us for a period of time and then they cut us off. You know, you talk about the obvious example would be divorce, but then you see you know, children and, and, and parents with relationships that are rendered. You see companies that, you know, cut people loose when they shouldn't. You see, you know, my dad worked for uh, the nickel plant down in Huntington his entire career. He literally started there and retired there. That just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Because uh, on both sides, both employees jump real quick and, and businesses aren't loyal anymore. We live in a world where so often people are looking for, you know, someplace else to go and something else to do. And, and it's really rare that you get somebody who's going to stick with you and that you know through thick and thin, no matter what happens, that he's not going to leave you. And spiritually speaking, a lot of people, they, they have an idea that, okay, now God loves me while I'm doing good. But then when I backslide a little bit, you know, God doesn't love me anymore. And maybe I'm not even saved anymore. And, and then if I start doing good again, then he loves me again and I'm saved again. And it's really important that we understand that when Jesus Christ comes into our lives, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, what's that verse say? And we'll be with you how long? 
forever. And so we need to understand, when God comes into my life, when I accept him at, verse 15, or at, at age 15, he did not come into my life and say, Jim, as long as you act good, I'm going to be with you. But if you start sinning a little too much, I'm going to dump you, and I'm going to go somewhere, find somebody else. He said, when, I, when he came into my life, he said, Jim, I am in this with you forever. In Hebrews it says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And for all of us that have had those relationships where somebody's walked away, we thought they were going to be loyal, and they walked away. It is really comforting in the, in the midst of a world that, that doesn't have any loyalty much anymore. It is so comforting to know, as I look to God and I say, Jesus' use this example. I'm going through a time of struggle, and, and life is difficult. And, and within that, I start to question, because I don't see God working around me. And in that moment, if I didn't have that truth, and I look at the way that everybody else treats me in that moment, I might think, well, I, I guess God has done it too. I guess he walked away from me. I guess I wasn't good enough, and so he gave up on me and walked away, and I guess I'm abandoned again. Isn't it good to know that in the Scripture, Jesus says that the Advocate will be with us forever? That even when I backslide, that doesn't mean he says, all right, you're gone, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But when I backslide, what does he do? He starts working in my life to bring me back to where I need to be. He doesn't give up on me. He continues to be with me. And in a world where, in, in that darkest of moment, when you don't know what's going on, and when you're wondering whether anybody is still there for you, it is so good to know that we have an absolute confidence that God the Father, that Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit is still with us, because he said, I will be with you forever. And so, it's a, a word of comfort here as we look at verse 15 that he tells us that the Advocate is going to be with us forever. We can know with confidence that God will not abandon us. I don't know who needs this this morning, but let me just say this. If there's somebody in the room and, and everything has looked really black this week and you don't feel God, and it started to seep into your mind, maybe God, maybe he's not with me anymore. As your pastor and as a preacher of the word of God, I can tell you this morning, God has not abandoned you. He hasn't. I'm absolutely confident in it, not because I'm that smart, but because Jesus said, I will be with you forever. Second thing. The second thing. So not only do we have comfort in knowing that he won't abandon us, but hop down, same chapter, to verses 25 and 26. 25 and 26. It says there, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, there's the word paraclete again, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. The second thing is this, the Holy Spirit comforts us by giving us insight into God's truth. By giving us insight into God's truth. So, as we think about what this verse means, I think it means two different things for the group he was specifically talking to in that moment, and then what it means for us today. Let me explain. So, he says there, he's talking about the Holy Spirit with regard to truth, and he says that the advocate, that's the paraclete, the comforter, um, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. 
I think that's really important when you go to the disciples. You, you kind of wonder how, like, you know, Karen tells me to go to the store and buy four things, and I go to the store, and I remember two of them, and I call her, I'm like, okay, what were the other two? Because um, I can't remember the other two things. And then you read all these amazing details, and you're like, how did the disciples remember all this? How did they get it all accurate? What's it say? will remind you of everything that I have said to you. I think there's one part of what is being said here, that as Jesus leaves, that the Holy Spirit, as they go to write the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to their remembrance all the things that he has said, so that we have, in the Word of God here, we have an accurate remembrance of everything that Jesus said that they wrote down. This book can be relied upon. And so, as we do that, it's because they didn't just sit there and go, well, Peter, what do you remember? And John goes, I don't know, what do you think? They weren't remembering on their own, but the Holy Spirit brought it to their remembrance. And so that's why this morning we can say, I can rely on the Word of God. Amen? But it also means, as we come down to us today, obviously none of us are writing the New Testament. I think what it also means is, it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Is that as we start to get into the Word of God, and as we try to, you know, it's not just enough to learn it for trivia. We shouldn't do that. We should learn it for how it applies to our lives. And as we do that, as I try to read it and apply it to my life, it's not just something where, like, studying for a, a geography test where I do it in that way. But as I read the Word of God, I need to be open to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, apply what I need for this, uh, what I need to understand out of this into my heart. Because as I read John chapter 15, what I need to get out of it may be different than what Bill Cook needs to get out of it. Because his life is in one place and my life is in another place. Father, help me, Holy Spirit, help me to bring to remembrance the things that I need to know so that I can understand the Word of God and apply it to my life. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So, is that good news or bad news? It depends. If it is your desire this morning that you want as much of Jesus Christ as you can get, that you want as much of the truth of God as you can get in your life, then it is, it is incredibly good news that you can, as you go to the, the Lord in prayer and say, Father, through the Holy Spirit, remind me of the truth that I need in this moment. Remind me of the truth of God so that I can walk in you so I don't forget something and get off track and do something I shouldn't do. Lord, use the Holy Spirit to remind me of the truth of God so that I can become more like Jesus Christ. So if your goal and desire is to draw as much of the truth of God into your life so that you can be like Jesus, then this is great news because part of the job of the Holy Spirit is to draw that truth into your heart so that, as it says there, we'll remind you of everything, we'll teach you all things, and we'll remind you of everything I've said to you so that we can have that truth in our lives. It's bad news if it's your desire to show up for church. Okay, I got saved years ago, and now my goal is to show up for church. I'm going to kind of listen to Jim for a half hour, but then I want to go out and do my own thing. I'm not really interested in obeying the Bible. I don't want to, to learn what it has to say. I want to do what I want to do. This is bad news. Because you have the Holy Spirit within you, and He wants to get as much truth into your life as you can, and you don't want it. And so, if you're somebody this morning who is not interested in obeying, um, you and the Holy Spirit are butting heads, aren't you? 
Because what the Holy Spirit wants to do, is, and part of his job, is something that you're not interested in. We'll get more into a second what exactly that's going to look like in your life. But if you're looking for comfort this morning, and you know you're imperfect, and you know you don't do everything that God wants you to do, grab onto this verse and say, Father, through the Holy Spirit, give me all the truth that I can handle so that I can be more like Christ. It's a word of comfort here that the Holy Spirit is working to help us to be like Christ. It's not all on me to become like Christ, but the Holy Spirit is helping me. Let's go to the third one. Flip over into John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. John 15, 26 and 27. As we look there, It says this, When the Advocate, so there we have the word paraclete again, the comforter, the helper, the encourager, the, the advocate. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send, and the I here is still Jesus, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. The third thing is this. The Holy Spirit comforts us by helping us when we witness. The Holy Spirit comforts us by helping us when we witness. One of the hardest things to do as a Christian is to witness. And that's why a lot of us kind of hold back and, and we don't necessarily want to do that. It's difficult um, to, to share in that way. And one of the reasons that it's difficult is that oftentimes, usually, when you share, there's not an initial yes. It takes sharing a number of, of different times. I was reading this week about a, a, an author who, his, his manuscript was rejected 111 times by different publishers before somebody finally picked it up. And then once it was published, he ended up being nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. But before that, he was rejected 111 times. Let's not talk about everybody this morning. Let's talk about one person. I want you to think for a second in your life. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a, a child. Maybe it's a, a relative. It's a friend. I want you to think this morning of the one person in your life who is not saved, who you most want to be saved. And as you think of that one person, um, in ways, like I mentioned earlier, about the way that we live our lives when I gave that testimony earlier, but also hopefully in, in opportunities to actually share and say, you know, Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. As you have opportunities to witness, for most of us with whoever that is, there's been more than one occasion where we have tried to, to point them to Jesus. And, and can we just admit this morning that being rejected stinks? And, and it's discouraging, and you kind of want to say, all right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. How does this comfort us and encourage us? I want you to think, because for most of us, and this is where, where it really hits the road, for most of us, the person we most want to see saved is not just like a coworker that we don't really know that well. For most of us, we have somebody that we deeply love, that we desperately want to see saved. And when we think about how, how empty our words feel and how we, we wonder if we are going to say the right thing when we go to witness to them, let's read these words again. And I want you to think about how comforting this is. When the Advocate comes, who I will send 
to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will what? Testify about me. Here's the way we think about it sometimes. I'm going up to that person. I'm going to witness to them. This is all on me. Like, I've got to have the right words. I've got to figure out the right thing to say. I've got to, I've got to be perfect in order to, to say everything right so that maybe they'll receive Jesus. And it is so comforting to know that as I'm over here, you know, they're living their life, and I'm over here, and I'm praying for them, but maybe I haven't had a chance to witness them in a long time. Every day, whether I witness them or not, the Holy Spirit is working on me. Every day, whether I'm near them or not, the Holy Spirit is working on them. It says there that He is going to testify about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working even when we aren't. He says there that the Holy Spirit will testify about Christ to everybody. And so as we're off doing other things, one of the beauties is when I go into that situation, I'm not going in cold to somebody who has not, any, has not at all been convicted or thought about. The Holy Spirit's been working on him or her. That he will testify about me. And so that should give us encouragement to know when we go and witness, it's not all on us. The Holy, first of all, we can't save anybody in the first place. All we're doing is bringing the message. But before we've gotten there and after we leave, the Holy Spirit will be working on their hearts. And that's so encouraging to know that it doesn't all fall on us. And so this morning, as you think about that person, we need to bring the Holy Spirit into our prayers for them and say, Father, today, if I don't get a chance to talk to them, Father, please, through your Holy Spirit, draw them closer to you. Through your Holy Spirit, work on them. And, and whenever I have the chance and whenever I'm there, Father, have the Holy Spirit work through me in some way. But I know it's all about the Holy Spirit. It's not about me. And so I'm asking you to move in that way. It's incredibly comforting to know that the Holy Spirit is working at all times to draw people to Christ. And then number four is this. The Holy Spirit comforts us because he brings conviction. The Holy Spirit comforts us because he brings conviction. Uh, John 16, going over another chapter, look at verses 7 through 10 with me. John 16, 7 through 10. Let's start in verse 7. Listen to what he says. This is really important for the culture we're in today. And so, as you think about the culture that we're in, I'll, I'll apply it here in a second, but this is, this is a really important truth for us. Verse 7, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. That's mind-blowing. Jesus says it's better if he goes away. It's hard for us to understand that, but here's why. Unless I go away, the advocate, there's the word again, paraclete, the comforter, the encourager, the advocate, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me, or where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I don't have time this morning to unpack those last three things there and what exactly all it means about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. The point I want to make, to go back up earlier, um, is that in verse 8, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction. The Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction. <laughs> How badly 
does the culture that we are in need to be convicted of their sins? Like, we are, we are accepting so many things as being great, and you can do this, and you can do this, and everything's good, and, and, and nothing's sinful anymore. One of the things we need to be praying is, Father, within the culture that we live, we need the Holy Spirit to bring a more powerful conviction that people would be aware of where they're falling short. Well, why do you want people to be aware? Or do you just want them to be miserable? No. The first step in understanding the good news of Jesus Christ is understanding that we are sinners and that we have fallen short of the glory of God and that we need Jesus. As long as we think everything is great and I'm wonderful and you're wonderful and there is no sin and whatever you do is fine as long as you don't hurt anybody else, nothing is sin, then we're going to be up a creek because nobody's going to recognize their need for Jesus. It is only as we recognize our true state. And my true state is this. I'm a sinner. The world's true state is this. They are sinners. And it's only as we get there that we understand that what Jesus did for us on the cross is needed by everybody. And so as we think about our culture, we, we look around at our culture and we're like, how in the world can we get back to where we need to be? When we pray for fire from heaven, Fire from heaven is not going to be everybody going, you know what? Like the entire county, all of a sudden, you know what? I'm great. I'm wonderful. Fire from heaven is going to be, is going to start with lots of people recognizing how far away from God they are and how far short their lives fall and how desperate that they need Jesus. We don't come to the cross saying, I'm a great person. We come to the cross saying, I'm a sinner and I need salvation. And so this should be comforting to us. As we look at our culture, we need to pray, Holy Spirit, pour on your conviction. Our culture, our society needs your conviction so badly. And when we look around and we think, what can I do? Well, one of the things we need to recognize is we can't fix it in and of ourselves, but we can pray for the Holy Spirit to bring our country to a place where we recognize our need and fall down in repentance and recognize the sin for what it is. Sin, repentance, and judgment. Now, as we look at all those this morning, I want you to look down that outline for a second as we get ready to sing our invitation hymn. Maybe this morning it has to do with the fact that you've had a terrible week and you really need comfort to know that Jesus, that the, or through Jesus that the Holy Spirit isn't going to abandon you. Maybe you, in spiritual growth you need to know more of God's truth and that's where it is. Maybe, going back to what I said a moment ago, maybe there's somebody that's deeply on your heart and you need to pray more and more, Holy Spirit, Work in them. Or, or maybe as we just talked about, maybe you're a burden for our country. Whatever it is, the point I want to make about all this, and there'll be a moment in a second to come to the altar, the point I want to make about all this is, is simply this, to go back to the word comforter. Jesus didn't leave us alone. In all these issues, he brought somebody to us who would help us when we feel abandoned, who would help us when we don't think we can be the witness that we need to... In all these ways, he has given us the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to comfort us, to help us to know, to be that helper in that moment, to know it's not all on you. As Jesus said in that last section we read, it's actually better if I go away, because then you're going to have the Holy Spirit by you 24-7 to help you. In all these ways, the Holy Spirit is our comfort. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much this morning for your encouragement, for your comfort.
I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And for each of us that are here this morning who are born-again believers, for each of us this morning, Father, who are followers of Christ, help us to, to find relief, to find encouragement, to find joy in the ways that you have given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us. Father, I thank you that you didn't leave us alone. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.